Welcome to Advance, a podcast devoted to helping strengthen churches for gospel movement. I'm your host, Brian Moak, Vice President of Church Strengthening with Converge Men America. Today, we're going to address the issue of the guest experience and follow-up. You know, statistics say that if you want to be a healthy, growing church, you need to be drawing at least 5% of your worship attendance each month as visitors. So that means if you're a church of 100, let's say, you need to see at least five new guests each month attending your church. Not only do you need to figure out how to reach those guests, you really want them to come back so their experience before and after attending become critical. Now, before you write this episode off as another one of those church growth numbers things, let me encourage you to hang in there. The spiritual reality is is that that we don't work on creating an environment of welcome and follow-up in our churches. We're going to severely limit our opportunity to reach those who don't know Jesus. So to help us talk about the guest experience and follow-up, I've asked Chris Highfill, one of our Converge Mid-America pastors, pastoring just outside the St. Louis area, to join us. Chris is a church planner at his core, and God has given him a burning passion to see people come to know Jesus, and that passion is resulting in God working at his church in significant ways. And one of the areas that Chris and his church spend a lot of time focusing on is this area of the guest experience and follow-up. I could say a whole lot more, but I don't want to steal Chris's thunder. So let me just say, Chris, thanks for being on the podcast today and sharing with us. Well, Brian, thanks, man. I am so honored to be a part of this, and I'm, I'm really encouraged about what God is doing all over our movement. And I'm just super thankful for Converge, for Convergement America, and for your influence in helping our church become a healthier, stronger church. So thanks for all that you've done to invest to help us to help make us better. Well, uh, the feeling is certainly mutual. We're so grateful for you as well. Um, hey, let's start. Just give me the two-minute Chris Highfill and Grace River story, if you would. Well, great. Well, I'm the most least likely guy you'd ever meet to be a pastor. I didn't grow up going to church. Uh, my parents were really great moral people. Uh, but they, uh, they just didn't never really went to church. And so for me, uh, when I finally got connected to a church, uh, I came to this place where I realized, man, I want to help reach families that are like my family was that are just simply spiritually disconnected from a church. And so, uh, when it came to time to kind of leave the youth ministry game that I was in, uh, it, it really came to a place where it was like, okay, I can either plant a church from scratch or take over an existing church. Uh, and it was clear that uh, that God had given us a vision, my wife and I, uh, to plant a church uh, really for people that don't love going to church. And so we moved to the St. Louis area six years ago, launched the church five years ago. We started in an elementary school, moved to a YMCA. And um, six months ago, we just moved into our first permanent facility. And we're just thrilled to be there and uh, really excited about what God is doing in our midst. And we've just seen incredible growth since we moved in. And uh, we really know the best is yet to come. Yeah. Well, God is really doing an amazing thing in your church. And and uh, just to see how he has been answering prayer along the way and, and uh, blessing you all, it's just a real thrill to kind of watch vicariously, if you will. Uh, and I know that one of the things that you guys do really well, as I said in the intro, is this whole idea of how do we focus on the guest experience, the visitor experience? You know, sometimes we even wonder what in the world are we supposed to call them? Uh, so, uh, so in other words, what should our motivation and our thought pattern be 
in relationship to guests? How, sh- how should we think through the whole concept of the guest experience? Well, for us, when we look at a guest, we're not looking at them as like return on investment. We're looking at them as, as the idea, man, what did Jesus come to do? Hmm. I don't. I think when it comes to a guest, you can assume nothing. Oftentimes yeah. you can think that this person has some kind of a spiritual background, but I think uh, we live in a post-Christian culture and a post-Christian nation, no matter where you're at geographically in America. Uh, it's important for you to understand that we live in a mission field. So hmm. The national average is less than 80% of uh, your community more than likely goes to church anywhere. Uh, so that's that's pretty unbelievable to think about. That means if you were to drive through your neighborhood and you had 10 neighbors on one side of your road, only two of them would go to church anywhere. Wow. And so it's important to understand uh, that when you're when you're talking about a guest, a first-time visitor, whatever you want to call them, we, we like to call them guests at our church. We don't like to refer to them as visitors, but... Um, no matter what, this is a spiritual issue. And Jesus came for these people. And for whatever reason, God is trusting us with them on that Sunday. And so you better believe uh, that it's game time and that we are pumped to help them to experience God in a way they've never experienced them, for them to hear the truth about Jesus like they've never heard. And so we, we assume nothing from the moment they walk in our doors. And we treat this uh, like it's absolutely critically important. So uh, that's, uh, that's really the way we view a first time guest is that we help them that we, we want our team and our church to know, uh, that, that we exist for people that aren't here yet. I think a lot of churches have to wrestle with this question, who are we here for? And the argument that I would make is this, is that the church is Christians and we're here for everyone else. Mm. I'm going to say that again. The church is made up of Christians, but we are here for everyone else. And so I push that um, as much as I can with church leaders, with our with our church. Uh, and that's a, a, a big DNA makeup of our church. Oh, that's good. That's really important to, to be reminded, you know, that we are not this country club for uh, healthy people, if you will. We are a hospital uh, for sick people. And, uh, and we're defining sick people as people who are far from God, who need to know the saving knowledge of Jesus. And so I think it's so important. It seems so obvious, but so important to be reminded of that. Uh, hey, as we think about the guest experience, what, what are maybe two or three things that we absolutely need to crush in relationship to guests, you know, we got to just get it right. And then what are two or three things that we should absolutely avoid? You know, if you really want to turn off a guest, do these things. And so two or three things that we need to crush and maybe two or three things that we should absolutely avoid. Okay. Yeah. I would first off, just make sure that your facility is not embarrassing. You have company coming over. And so pretend like for a second, if you had some people coming over for dinner, would you prepare for them for that? I mean, for me, like whenever we have guests coming over to my house, I make sure the yard is mowed because I want their first impression to be good. Uh, I, we make sure that we've, we've swept and mopped our, our living room and kitchen. Uh, we fresh vacuum uh, lines in the carpet. Uh, we, we want that experience for somebody coming over to our house to be a positive experience. Mm. And when it comes to church, I think you got to view it the same way, right? So someone's coming, guests are coming. Uh, we better be prepared and ready for these guests as they walk through our doors. We've got an important responsibility to help them see and understand that God loves them. And I want to remove every single barrier as possible. In fact, 
the sticky note drill is a really great drill to do with your team if you're looking to maybe uh, increase or do a better job with a first time guest. But with your team, take a take a uh, sticky note pad and write every single barrier that you can think of that somebody would have in coming to church, even the moment they pull into your parking lot. And then talk about the barriers that you can remove with each and every one of those. And so I think sometimes our sniffer breaks. Uh, and so we can sometimes get used to just stuff that's piled up in the corner of a room or piled up in the corner of your lobby or piled up in the corner of your church somewhere. And I think it's important to, to have those aesthetic things ready, but it's also important to have a team ready welcome, to welcome and greet them. And so uh, we have a team of people that are in the parking lot and they're not there parking cars. They're just there to wave. Uh, and we put some of our stallions, some of our very best in the parking lot because uh, that's the first impression right there. And so uh, I think it's also important. Obviously, your first impression is going to be your website. Um, so many people, the majority of first time guests have already watched a sermon two to three times before they've showed up in person. And so um, you want to make sure there's nothing embarrassing on your website. because That's really the front door of your church. More than likely, they visited that. I know for me. I, I would not visit a church before I've gone to their website. So you want to make sure uh, that you've done a good job there. And so, um, you know, every church has a system and it's important that you evaluate the systems of your frontline ministry, which is what people experience within the first five to 10 minutes at your church. Is your coffee good? You know, are, are your greeters friendly? Are they over talking? Uh, sometimes, uh, greeters can get in this rut of just talking to the same people over and over and over again. We have to remind our folks every single weekend, hey, we're not here for us. We're here for everybody else uh, because it's going to be somebody's first week this week. And so if you're preparing for that, I believe that God will give you those people. And so some things you want to avoid, as you mentioned, there are obvious things you want to avoid. You want to avoid, avoid embarrassing things in your service. Um, and so, you know, um, we try to limit the cringe factor as much as possible. Now, there's not much they can do about me because I'm the lead pastor. I'm probably going to say some embarrassing things more than likely. Um, and you can say that's endearing or it's not endearing. I don't know. But uh, I think it's important, though, that you make a decision to say, man, we're going to make sure that our weekend service is top notch and the very best it can be. And so uh, from the people that run your sound, to the tambourine lady that falls off the stage. You want to make sure that you're limiting the amount of cringe factor that you can in your service to the best of your ability. One of the greatest things you can do for your community is have a really quality worship service. And that's not attractional. Okay. That's not, I believe that Jesus deserves the best. Mm -hmm. Okay. So like uh, I get pushback sometimes on this and I, I just think it's important that, that Jesus Christ deserves our very best. And so why would we not give them our best in our worship services? Uh, that's from your music to your preaching to anybody that has a welcome or an MC moment. You want to make sure um, that it's that it's sharp and well put together. And for us, it's not like it's crazy rehearsed. It's just genuine. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying you can't make a mistake. It's, it's OK. Like we're real people um, and we're going to make mistakes. But if, if your church is defined as a clumsy worship service, uh, it's going to be hard to retain those first time guests. That's good. And one of the things that uh, I've discovered is one of those cringe factors, uh, or or maybe it's not a cringe factor, but it's certainly not uh, thinking well always about guests is this thing called the meet and greet. <laughs> um, when, yeah. when I started this job at Converge Mid America three years ago, my wife and I, for the very first time in our history as adults, had to go find our own 
church. Uh, and um, boy, was that an interesting and eye-opening experience. I actually wrote an article about it because I learned so much. Uh, but one of the things that uh, was super obvious to me was these meet and greets. Most of our churches do them, this time in the service where we stand up and greet one another. Well, if your culture is not guest-focused, what most of those meet and greets become is an opportunity to say hi to the people we haven't seen since last Sunday. And you stand there as a guest, you don't know anybody, and you're hoping that someone, or wondering at least, if someone is going to come and say hi to you. And more often than not, my wife and I found ourselves just standing there looking dumb yeah, uh, while everybody else said hi to each other. And so I think it's a really important concept to just remember everything that you're doing is affecting what your guest is thinking. And I just want to affirm one other thing that you were saying, and, and that is this sort of idea about being company ready, uh, making sure that that you've taken away those barriers and just know that people are making a decision about your church long before a note is played on a, on a keyboard or a guitar and long before a message is being preached. They're making decisions about your church. And so you want to make sure that your nurseries are great, that that parents feel safe uh, and and that their kids are going to be well taken care of. You want to make sure that your bathrooms are spotless and uh, and well taken care of. And, and people are making those judgments. And then, as you said, man, your website is your brochure of your church and everybody's going to check you out on your website before they come to your church. So make sure that it's communicating accurately uh, what your church is all about. So I think those things are really important. Um, let, let me let me switch gears a little bit because there's the one piece where you have to get people to actually want to come to your church and experience your church in a good way. Uh, the the other piece of it is how do you follow up with them? You know, uh, it, man, it used to be that we would go and there would be a visitation team that would come to your house and knock on the door and come say thank you for being there. And I think that would freak out about anybody under the age of 50 these days. Right. Uh, and uh, so how do we follow up? It's probably the most difficult thing as it relates to the guest experience. So why is follow up important and how do you at Grace River do that? Well, success is rarely an accident, right? It's a series of systems and your church has a follow-up system, whether you want to believe it or not, right? Mm -hmm. uh, your system may just not be very good right now. Uh, even having no system is still a system. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about relationships and you want to build relationships with first-time guests, this isn't about a numbers thing. This is about making disciples, building relationships. And I think that's, you, you have to, I'm going to walk back on the very first question you have to view your first-time guest as a discipleship relationship. It's not about growing your church numerically necessarily. It's about making disciples that make disciples. And so I want to. I didn't mention that, and I, I wish I would have. And so hopefully, um, listeners are listening this long to hear that. But you got to think about relationships consisting of two things: talking and listening, and repeating that cycle over and over again. And so you have a chance uh, to develop to develop a strategy where talking and listening becomes kind of natural. And you can do that in a lot of ways. It's not just through vocally talking and listening in person, because let's face it, when it comes to the first time guest, you're going to maybe get to see them one time. Yeah. And, and so you're, you, you have to build a relationship in a variety of different ways. And so for us, 
we begin to build that first time guest relationship whenever they fill out a plan your visit. And so that's something we have on our website. It's on the front page of our website where you can plan your visit. And before they even show up, they get an email from me just saying, thank you for planning your visit. And what I'm doing is I'm beginning to foster that relationship early on. And so uh, it's important to find ways to do this. And so our system is not perfect. I'll, I will start by saying that we don't have like a perfect system. We've adopted uh, a lot of different ideas from a lot of different churches. I think it's important that you just create a system that works for you. And so some tangible things that we do is uh, when they show up or whether they show up to watch in person or online uh, and they fill out a connection card, we send a, an auto email saying thank you. They also receive a text message that week uh, and they also get a phone call by the end of the week by somebody on our team. And so that's that's a way we follow up. And then we have a one month follow up system that we put them in where they get an email a week for a month. And then if we haven't seen them at the end of the quarter, uh, we, we kind of make a decision whether we keep them on our list or take them away. Uh, but I think for us, I'm a name hoarder and I'm a contact hoarder. And so I don't I could probably be on like a, a TV show or something like that with our database system because I have the hardest time letting go of people's mm -hmm. names. Uh, because I feel like every one of those people are somebody that you should invite to Christmas, Easter or some other occasion at your church. And you might as well have them on your roster. And so uh, I, I like developing that. And uh, sometimes that creates friction on our team because, you know, other team members like to take people off after a while. But I'm like, man, let's just leave them on until they decide to kick themselves out. But that's kind of one of our internal things. And I'm oversharing. But anyways, um, you, you want to find a way to develop some kind of a system. And if you have no system right now or not a great system, just make a decision that you're going to work at it a little bit every single week. Like carve out part of your uh, your week. Uh, maybe you could spend 30 minutes less a week on your sermon that you spend too much time on maybe and spend more time on visitor retention or some more time on developing the system. I just, I just now petted somebody's cat backwards and I'm sorry if I did that. <laughs> no, I, I think that, um, that that's really true is we have to, it, we're going to do well on things that we focus on and, and put attention to. And so how important is it? for us to develop quality systems as it relates to guest experience and follow-up. It needs to be important. And uh, I, I think we need to be aware of that, but it's not necessarily always something that we have to be uh, taking the lead on. I'll just say that is we are always in the business of equipping people for ministry. And so I guarantee you've got people in your church that have the gift of hospitality that love nothing better than to think through how to do these sorts of things better. And so don't think, Pastor, uh, that that you're the answer to all of the issues surrounding the guest experience. Involve yes. the people in your church to be a part of that. Equip them. That That is our job in the first place. I, I know we know that. Hey, you're a newer church, and I know that some pastors are going to say, uh, hey, those are great ideas for a, great, for a church that's reaching lots of new people, uh, but we hardly ever have guests coming to our church. Um, you know, we, we don't live in a community where there's a lot of people moving in and out, and, and so these are all great things to think about, but it really doesn't uh, mean much to me. Uh, so, so what would you say to a pastor that's in that situation? How can you encourage them to be thinking about the guest experience, even if they're not currently in a position of seeing a lot of guests come to the church? Well, I think that every church has to wrestle with this question, right? Every church has to figure out uh, who they exist for. 
And if your church exists for Christians, then you should probably just be fine with not having any first time guests. But more than likely, you're listening to this podcast because you've got a hunger and a desire to see uh, more more and more people, more and more men and women, boys and girls, find and follow Jesus. And so if that's yeah. a hunger in your belly, um, which I think it should be, by the way, because I, as I read the New Testament, you can't avoid the fact that, that the thing that God values the most are those that are disconnected from him. And so I believe the local church is what God wants to use to connect people's hearts back to him. Mm. So it really comes down to an issue of what, how do you view the good news of Jesus? How do you view the gospel? Which is that God loves us enough. Your pastors, you get this. God loves us enough to send his only son to come and die in our place. And for me, I told you my story in the beginning. The reason why this is such a big deal for us is, and for me as a lead pastor, is we want to reach the kind of families in our community that were like my family was, that were spiritually disconnected. And uh, I think, and I know this, I don't just think this, I know that there are families in your community that do not know the truth about Jesus. They drive past your facility. Uh, they've, they've maybe seen you on Facebook or they've, they've got a friend that is connected to your church, but they've never walked through your doors. And, and those people should matter to you. You should be praying for them. And you're the, when you start with that prayer component, something happens in your heart where you, God begins to break your heart for those that are disconnected in your community from Jesus. And I believe that God wants to use your church in a powerful way to reach them. It's going to take more than one church to do this in your community. And so, man, I, I would meet with other pastors. I would talk to other people in your community. And I, I would for sure, Brian, as Brian mentioned, I would develop a team to help you with this. And so none of these systems that we have in our church happened because I created them. I'm the I'm the world's worst system person, but uh, we have really smart people on our team that have helped us create these systems so that we don't miss out on any of these. That's good. Well, one other thing I would say too, is if, if you wonder, well, gee, our community doesn't have a lot of unchurched people. Uh, you know, Chris said before that about 20% of people in your community are actually going to church in any sort of regular way at all. And uh, that that is really becoming increasingly true. But if you're wondering if, man, I'm, I'm in a rural community, small town community, I just don't have a lot of people around me who aren't churched. I encourage you to go to a website called thearda.com, T-H-E-A-R-D-A.com. Uh, on that homepage, there is a spot there where you can put either your city name or the zip code that you're in, and it will tell you what the religious makeup is. Really, it defaults to the county that you're in, but it will tell you the religious makeup of your county. And I guarantee, uh, a money-back guarantee, <laughs> That if you go to that and if you don't get amazed by the amount of people in your county uh, that are not uh, churched in any way, and that doesn't even mean a Christian church, that can be Buddhist, Islam, uh, Muslim, uh, uh, you know, mosque, whatever it is, you will be amazed at how many people have zero church contact at all in their lives. And so um, it is really important to have that mindset. I just firmly believe that. Chris, I, I can't thank you enough for being on the, the program. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, how can they best do that? Yeah, my email address is chris at graceriver.cc. That's chris at graceriver.cc. I'd love to dialogue with you further about any of this. And um, thank you so much for listening today. 
Yeah, thanks again. Uh, would you be willing uh, to close us in prayer? We At the end of every episode, we just want to pray a prayer blessing on, on pastors and leaders who are listening to this podcast. Would you close us in prayer? Yes, let's pray together. Father, we're grateful for today and grateful for the opportunity to be used by you for whatever reason you choose to use us to communicate the good news to a world that desperately needs it now more than ever. And so, God, I pray that you would use our church, prepare our churches on Monday through Friday for the weekend. Yeah. And God, that you would help us to develop the systems, help us to develop the people, help us to equip leaders. And God, ultimately help us to make disciples. Because God, what we need to view every single first time guest as is a new disciple. Help us to love people well and to point them to you. And God, I'm, I'm grateful for every person listening today. And I, I pray that they would be encouraged by this, not discouraged. And I pray that you would give every leader courage um, to stand in the gap and go, man, these people in my community matter. Mm-hmm. There's probably some hard conversations that need to happen as a result of listening to this. And God, I, I pray that you would give leaders um, the ability to dive into some of these crucial conversations they need to have with other leaders in their church so that they can make their church better so more and more people can find and follow you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all this. Amen. Amen. Hey, in our next episode, we're going to continue to tackle this topic of guests, but we're going to do it from a little bit different angle. We're going to think through how we get guests to attend our churches in the first place. And specifically, how do we reach out to a young culture in a way that they'll actually want to come and listen to us? Uh, Thank you, as always, for joining us. And make sure you subscribe to this channel and check out our website, advancethechurch.org. Advanced Podcast is a ministry of Convergent in America. Our mission is to start and strengthen churches that exalt the name of Jesus Christ together. If you'd like to learn more about Convergement America, visit our website, convergementamerica.org.